I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us on the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. Today is going to be a solo episode uh, in order to bring awareness to women who are being swindled and deceived and frauded. And I'm going to be sharing my personal story about a situation. So even if you have not had this experience, or maybe you know someone that presently is experiencing uh, this situation, if it doesn't apply right now, I'm bringing awareness to something that you may need to know and understand in the future. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. So recently, I watched the Netflix documentary, The Tinder Swindler. (laughs) So the documentary tells the story of an Israeli con man, Simon Lviv, who used the dating app Tinder to connect with uh, women who he then emotionally manipulated into financially supporting his lavish lifestyle on a pretense that he needed the money to escape his quote unquote enemies. So, you know, he posed as a wealthy, just setting diamond mogul who wooed women online and then conned them out of millions of dollars. So let's give some backstory. The reason that I'm doing this episode is because after watching the documentary, I personally was extremely triggered and I was, let's say, an emotional response after watching the documentary. I posted a one sentence status on Facebook, which said, Quote, I dated the Toronto Tinder swindler, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, quote, end quote. And since then, that post has snowballed into a series of events, um, not only including other people reaching out to share their stories connected to the same person. Um, I've had radio interviews. I've been contacted by journalists asking to expose the story. I've been sent articles from other media platforms exposing other quote-unquote Tinder swindlers. So a lot of the responses that I received, both, both publicly and privately, were from people that know exactly who I'm speaking of. Now, mind you, what I just said was I dated the Toronto Tinder swindler. I never mentioned any name, I never posted any photos, but because this person has a history of this type of behavior, people understood exactly who I was speaking about. So some of the responses I got were, quote, there's two women that I know personally that I know have suffered financial abuse. I'm sure they all have, but these two women in particular, I know it's substantial, end quote. 
Uh, another person said, quote, he is a predator, a narcissistic predator looking for his next victim, end quote. Uh, another person says, quote, why is it that I know who you speak of, end quote. So the reason why I'm sharing some of this is because I have publicly for the last few years been speaking about awareness on narcissistic abuse and uncovering the characteristic traits of someone with narcissistic personality disorder. So I am not a, um, a psychologist or someone who is, uh, I'm going to say quote unquote, uh, certified to, uh, diagnose a mental disorder. But if you study narcissistic personality disorder, 99% of uh, these people will never seek um, medical help or be diagnosed because they believe that there's nothing wrong with them and they believe that their actions are justified. So we speak to our experiences and we speak to the characteristic traits um, that they all possess, basically. So there was a recent article written uh, in Yahoo, and it was titled, The Tinder Swindler is a Perfect Primer on Narcissistic Relationships. Now, this article in particular stuck out to me because when I watched The Tinder Swindler, I seen the similarities. And because I had this experience with someone who um, showed all of the traits of someone with narcissistic personality disorder, but I was a victim of narc abuse. That article, having a doctor, a psychologist, a clinical psychologist make the connection um, helped affirm and validate feelings for me because a huge part of narc abuse is they constantly invalidate your feelings um, and gaslight you to alter your sense of reality and make you second guess yourself. So in this article, I'm going to read a part of it Quote, according to clinical psychologist, Dr. Romani Darvasala, it's also a pretty effective case study of a narcissistic personality and how people can become entangled in narcissistic relationships. This is actually narcissism 101, she says in a recent YouTube video, highlighting the love bombing techniques that Lviv used to garner women's affection and trust including saying that he would fly for an hour to meet one of them for coffee, an extravagant kind of gesture, which Darusula characterizes as typical of a grandiose narcissist, which many people are socialized to see as a romantic rather than impulsive and irresponsible. One of the ways this Tinder swindler was able to combine love bombing strategies was to put himself out there as someone who might need to be rescued, she continues. That pulling for rescuing in the love bombing phase creates more of a glue between two people. It really puts skin in the game. The climactic scene of the film in which Lviv sent a series of voice notes alternating between threatening and appeasing his target, captured something Darosola sees in a lot of narcissistic relationships. It wasn't even the shady money stuff. It was how the anger escalated in him 
And then it was really him taking off the mask, she says, speculating that Laviv had become so confident in his scheme that he started to believe he wouldn't get caught. But all it took was one woman calling out his gaslighting to lead to his downfall. One thing that jumped out to me was the sort of too good to be true and how people fall for that, she says, pointing out that Laviv's early victims didn't ask any questions which might puncture the fairy tale narrative they wanted to believe. However, she notes that it is important that the blame remains with Laviv and not these women for the narcissistic abuse continuing. The responsible party here is the grifter guy who had no problem shaking down people, she says. The fact is the world continues to enable these people. The one thing we set our clocks by or the one thing we can set our clocks by is that narcissistic people will always find a new victim. So here we are. I'm about to call out the gaslighting. (laughs) I'm about to show you how I was basically deceived and swindled and defrauded and how the combination of love bombing um, and the need to be rescued basically created the glue between myself and this other person. So I know that speaking with a lot of the people who have come into my DM, sharing the stories about these other victims that have encountered um, very similar situations with this same person, feel embarrassed. They feel ashamed and they're afraid to speak openly about it because of victim shaming. You know, people saying, well, you should have known, you should have seen the signs. Why would you give this person money? Why would you do this? And continue to further victimize the victim, which doesn't help anyone. And it took me years to get to this point of healing and of sharing my story with people that were close to me to help bring me to a place to have the courage to even be openly about this situation because I too felt very embarrassed and ashamed and realize now that when someone is a master manipulator and when you are fed lies and there's a series of what's called triangulation, which basically it's like a triangle and they tell different lies at different points to different people so that you don't interact with each other to get the truth, how you can through missing pieces of the puzzle, easily believe what this person is telling you. Let's take the story back, I'm going to say, to the beginning where we first connected. They followed me on Facebook for two years. They had an opportunity to study me, study my posts. They read my book. They watched and listened to um, any interviews that I had within the media. So they understood what type of person I am. And learning today, years later, that they do have a type. According to a former best friend, they actually have two types of women that they are um, usually connected to. And one would be the the, the pretty female, the arm candy, um, the woman who is God-fearing, who would have a kind, open heart to give and to nurture. Uh, the woman who is independent, who has her own, who has, you know, whether it be her own home, her own business, ways to fund and feed the needs of this person. And then there's also um, the woman with the severe um, low self-esteem, insecurities that is excited to have such a charming uh, 
man interested in them and will give up their finances to provide for the needs of this person. Back in 2017, and I'm going to give you actually exact dates here on a lot of these things. So October 28th, 2017, this person reached out to me through Facebook expressing interest in attending one of my book signings. And I ignored that message. At the time, I was healing from a previous breakup where I found out that that person was cheating on me multiple times. So I wasn't in the headspace to entertain any males at that time. So the following day, this person on October 29th, 2017, walked into a branding workshop that I was teaching and definitely caught my attention. And at the end, stayed behind and made it appear that he was interested in my books for his daughter. And made the interest seem like his daughter is looking to publish a book. He's also looking to publish a book and needs my assistance with branding. So we stayed connected and then we started interacting through Facebook. I eventually gave this person my phone number. We, um, you know, went on a date and they presented a luxury lifestyle. You know, they lived in a penthouse condo um, in a nice area Um, For those of you who live in Canada, um, it was, you know, close to um, or next to, it was next to Square One Mall. So this penthouse condo, um, they were driving a $100,000 car. They introduced me to friends that drove Porsches and BMWs and presented this idea of luxury, of someone that understood my lifestyle or understood Um, you know, dreams and goals and thinking big and all of those things. Mind you, come to find out later that the condo that they lived in um, wasn't owned by them, that it was rented, and they basically had to leave because they were behind on rent um, and couldn't keep up with uh, payments, as well as their car being repossessed for non-payment. But anyway, we'll get to that later. So, Moving on to November, December 2017, um, that was, I guess, the phase of where the the love bombing began. So there were, you know, constant FaceTimes, um, leaving business meetings across the city to come and just have coffee with me at a local Tim Hortons, Um, doing the extravagant things to show uh, care Um, and being so-called, you know, romantic. Um, There was constant FaceTimes and um, visits, etc. Now, the first set of quote-unquote emergencies um, began shortly after where they said that their license was suspended. They, you know, their funds were on hold uh, and a friend owed them thousands of dollars for the sale of a, another vehicle. And because they had presented this lifestyle that they had, but there was a situation, they needed to borrow thousands of dollars to get out of that situation temporarily. So helping them to get their license back, to get their car back on the road and update the car fees and so on and so forth. There was something in my stomach then that I thought, hmm, 
Now, this is the part where I say, women, you need to listen to your intuition because I did not. And I thought maybe it was just because I had been deceived in the previous relationship, I was bringing that thought pattern or those feelings. And I thought to myself, not everyone is like that, Makini. Don't think that way. So I let it slide. Bringing us now to December of 2017, which is only what, two months from the time that we met this person, you know, two months of love bombing and wanting to take care of me and make me breakfast and pick me up from, you know, I had gone away on a business trip, pick me up from the airport and spoil me in the whole nine yards. So by the time December came around, they said they had a business trip that they needed to attend and wanted me to come with them. So I thought that they were flying and then they revealed that they would be driving their luxury car from Toronto to Atlanta. So I thought, wow, road trip. And then they informed me that the family that they were originally going to stay with, um, the story that they gave me was that because I was a stranger to that family, they didn't want me staying in their home while we were in Atlanta. So if I was coming with him, we would have to get a hotel. And because of his situation with his funds tied up because his friend owed him money for this car that he claimed that the friend had spent the money on something else for his emergency and would return the funds later. Um, I ended up paying for the accommodations for us to stay in Atlanta. So when we returned back home a few days later, December 2017, there was no conversation about us moving in together. There was no conversation about him getting the rest of his belongings from his condo we drove back to Toronto and he drove straight to my house and never left. So when I asked questions about what happened to the condo, it was, oh, my brother and my best friend, you know, they moved all my stuff out for me. Um, you know, my stuff is in storage and some at my mom's, blah, blah, blah. Stories and lies, which I eventually uh, learned was not the complete truth. Now, at this point, having this person under my roof with stories of, don't worry, I'm going to, um, you know, that the bills are going to be split 50-50. And then switching from my business is going downhill. I don't know what to do. I need help. I started noticing a lot of calls coming in and some he would take and some he would not. And some of the calls, he would go into another room and you would hear him speaking to what sound like other women, um, for large sums of money. And he always had a different story for each one. Either the explanation would be that his friend borrowed the money, but she's holding him responsible, or she invested in some kind of investment deal that went bad, but she's holding him responsible. There was always an explanation that at the time seemed to have made sense. We ended up going on a trip for one of his businesses to uh, Texas. And at the time he was one of the leaders and he had, I don't know, he said there was probably 1200 people under him that he was responsible for, um, that he had brought into the business and he needed to be at this convention. So I purchased my ticket for the convention and he said that he had purchased his ticket for the convention. Now, a lot of the team members had flown to Texas and at the time, because 
I knew he didn't have any money because I was funding him that year. He basically approached his team and said, I'm going to be an amazing team leader and I will rent a van and drive the whole team down. Everyone just needs to contribute to the cost of the rental. Mind you, everyone contributing paid for the rental. So he all his only sacrifice was to drive there. But the perception was that he was doing it for his team. So <laughs> we go to this convention and I'll save all of the details, but he lied about purchasing his ticket, which he did not, and made a huge commotion for about an hour at the beginning of the convention, saying that he was looking for an email, uh, arguing with the people at the front desk, and ended up being admitted to the convention um, under someone else's name in his business. So we return home, and I sign up for a uh, training session. So for those of you who follow me, you know that I'm a Proctor Gallagher consultant for my mentor, Bob Proctor, who recently passed away. And part of the requirement is that we have to be at an in-person training um, before we can be certified. So in January, 2018 is the week that I chose to do the in-person training with all the international uh, coaches. So it was around that time where he insisted on driving me everywhere. It was almost as though it was a loving gesture. He was being romantic, only to learn now it was about monitoring my movements. Um, so dropping me off and picking me up from anywhere that I needed to go. But that was where I guess some of the red flags started to be pointed out to me from um, a, another coach that I had met um, at the Procter & Gallagher training. So by March 2018, I announced that my nomination um, as a candidate in the provincial election. And that was where his visible support um, began to show of him being by my side for all appearances. So he started to let his quote unquote um, network marketing business fall apart. He stopped doing meetings. He stopped, um, you know, go being where he was supposed to be. Because he claimed at the time, you know, he needs to support his woman. But at the end of the day, it was supporting the gravy train, the person who was paying the bills. So he was my accessory. <laughs> um, he, from what I hear, so this is, would be hearsay, um, that he was telling people that I needed arm candy for these appearances. And if you've been following me, you know that I've been an entrepreneur since 2009, I have been very independent, but I have been able to get to where I am presently through collaborations, through hard work, through dedication, and putting in the work. So I'm not sure how having arm candy <laughs> um, made that any different. But anyway, back to the story. So in uh, after the election... Um, you know, he was a very visible part of that election, going and handing out, um, like doing door knocking with me and handing out flyers and coming to my campaign office and driving me wherever I needed to go for appearances. So at the time, again, I looked at it as the supportive partner, learning now that he was tapping into my network, tapping into my resources, using that to level up um, his credibility. When the election ended in um, June 
So June 10th, 2018 was his birthday. And the election was a few days before. And I did not win um, for the area that I was running in. I already knew that was going to be the case. So I wasn't completely devastated. I was excited to celebrate this next chapter of my life. So because he was basically not doing well with any of his businesses and not bringing in any income, I thought as the supportive partner, I would do something for his birthday to make him feel better. I didn't want to demasculate him. I was trying to play the role of the supportive partner because he continually fed me stories and promised the beautiful future of us growing old together, getting married, um, him being able to get back on his feet and pay back for all of the finances that I had invested into this relationship. So for his birthday in 2018, um, I decided to spoil him with a weekend getaway. We went to Niagara and that was when more stories of his so-called emergencies came into play. Um, Me learning that he was behind on car payments, behind on insurance. I started paying for his auto payments of his network marketing with my credit card. Um, It just seemed like slowly all the funds that were in my account, all the funds that I had on my credit card were disappearing. By December, 2018, he had tried to start multiple businesses that I had funded thinking that again, being the supportive partner. And we had conversations about his mood, um, And I thought maybe he's, you know, depressed because he's not bringing in any income. So again, trying to cheer him up, I financed a two-week trip where we traveled from, uh, we went from Toronto to Texas, um, from Texas to New Orleans, from New Orleans to Miami, from Miami to Bahamas, from Bahamas um, back to Miami where I spoke at an event, um, then to Washington, D.C., then to Pennsylvania. Now I'm learning that he was basically given a loan during this time. So when I was posting about our trips and the fun that we were having, people were contacting him saying, where is the money that you owe me? Like you owe me this money, but you're out spoiling your girlfriend. Um, Them not knowing that I was the one funding (laughs) the entire experience. So in January of 2018, when we returned from this trip is when we had our very first, I'm going to say, fight, which was an argument, but it didn't seem to me a severe argument, but his temper was very extreme. And we were scheduled to do a couple's photo shoot. And I ended up going to that photo shoot solo. And while I was gone, he was calling and texting, um, sending me messages that he's moving out. He's not going to be there when I get home, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then eventually saying that he couldn't leave the house because he had left his driver's license in my car. Because by this point, I believe his car um, had been repossessed and he was driving my vehicle. So he ended up staying because he had nowhere else to go. Um, But the following month, so January 1st, 2018, is when I had a Times Square uh, billboard, which I wish people had said things previously, but people usually wait until after um, where I had this person with me on the billboard. By that time, he had promised to get a job because I had a surgery that was scheduled 
um, where I needed to remove my uterus and my cervix for um, health issues, which I explained on our one year anniversary podcast. Um, Cole's notes version, uh, I had cancer cells in my cervix. They found a cyst in my uterus that needed to be um, removed because they felt it was cancerous. Um, so I had some medical treatment that needed to be done. Now, the deal was he was supposed to find a job during that time because I wasn't going to be able to fund us any longer. That never happened. <laughs> so I ended up having the surgery on February 6th of 2018. And 24 hours after my surgery, this person came into the bedroom with a list in a notebook of all the activities that I could do from the bed to make money. And I had an emotional breakdown that he could not understand. There was no thought or empathy put into the fact that I just had a major organ removed um, or how they were going to make money, but it was how I was going to fund our life using my network, my contacts, um, and any money that I had left. <laughs> so... By March 2018, when I still had not healed from this surgery and they found more complications and thought that I may have colon cancer, by this point, he felt that he needed to stay home to take care of me. And to my knowledge, till this present time, um, again, hearsay, he told people that um, I didn't want him to work. I needed him. I begged for him to stay home with me which is not the case. If you know my character, I'm pretty independent. But um, at that point, you know, I had reached out to my credit card company to try to make payment arrangements because I didn't know when I was going to be returning back to work. And he was getting very frustrated, frustrated with the fact that I was still not well, uh, frustrated with the fact that I was starting to say no to some of his financial requests and so-called emergencies for um, his bills, and made a comment that he didn't sign up for this. So around May, June 2018, um, while, you know, trying to heal and recover, I needed to get back to work because he was not working. And I started doing a couple of workshops and um, master classes. He had been driving my car. And again, through social media, you know, you never know. This is why I don't idolize anyone's relationship or say relationship goals is because he was with me 24 seven. He was um, in every story that I posted. People thought it was cute that he was always driving me everywhere, not realizing that I was being monitored because of his insecurities. So things became very interesting. Once his car got take, taken away and after his fourth or fifth business venture, um, I couldn't afford anymore to finance him. And he got upset that I called him a dependent. Mind you, I'm a single mother, three kids. I already have three dependents plus a dog. So his anger and rage at that point um, got out of hand. So I had reached out to my brother to get him a job, some uh, you know labor work. And he had gone in one night to do an overnight shift and I think it was to uh, do the breakdown of the stage for a Shawn Mendes concert, if, it, if I'm not mistaken. And I, he never went back to work after that. And when I asked, what happened, how, how come you never 
went back. They like, what's going on? They never called you back to do any more work. And he told me that they didn't have any work for him. And I thought, that doesn't make any sense. My brother is contacted to the same place. And every time I talk to him, he's at work. So I said to him, well, my brother's been going into work to the same place that he got for you. I don't, I don't understand. They have work for him. His excuse was that my brother had forklift, had a forklift license. So they needed him, but they didn't have any, any work um, for him to do. So I started getting frustrated with the situation. Now, things started to go downhill from there. And in September, so September 14th, 2019, we went to Niagara for one of my clients' book launches. And we had a beautiful day in Niagara, um, you know, took pictures and were seen as a happy couple. But a month later, what, October 12th, 2019, um, he woke up and started an argument. And so October 12th, 2019 was a Saturday morning. So the Wednesday, I told him that I was out of money. My credit cards were maxed out. By the Saturday, he woke up and started an argument out of nowhere. He um, slept on the floor. I woke up and I was like, why are you on the floor? And he basically said, something is not right. Um, I can't sleep in the bed next to you. He created an argument. Now, anyone who knows me closely knows that because of childhood wounds and childhood traumas, I shut down when I get overly emotional. So I wasn't responding and he was yelling and didn't like the fact that I wasn't responding. He said that I was ignoring him and being disrespectful and so on and so forth. Now, mind you, my kids were home. They could hear everything and they were confused as to why they were hearing him yell and not me. So I, he left the home that morning and for 12 hours did not communicate anything. When I realized after a few hours he had not returned home, I realized in our room on the floor where he had slept, he had left his keys, his wallet, uh, his cell phone, everything. Mind you, I live on one side of the city and his family and friends live at least 45 minutes to an hour away. So I thought, okay, something's not right here. Now, what happened in between, um, I don't know if it was true or not. I'm learning that it may not be true, but because if it is, it's their story to tell. Um, I'll respect that part. But I ended up having to file a missing persons report because the person was missing. Um, the person was located and the following day, had their mother contact me to ask to come and get a few items from my home. Now, this is Thanksgiving weekend, 2019. So October 13th, this person moved out of my home without so much as a conversation. Mind you, I was still doing hospital visits. They had basically used all of the funds I had in my account, maxed out my cards, um, so I was still not well and we were looking for a place to live. The house that we were living in was up for sale and 
my funds were slowly going down to zero. So didn't realize until after that this person had blocked me already on social media. So when I sent messages, the, how do I say this? The conversation got very interesting because a lot of things weren't making sense to me with the turn of events, with the timelines. So about 24 to 48 hours after this person moved out of my home without a conversation, I sent a text. Well, it was WhatsApp message. And I still have every conversation that they and I have interacted with. I found them in my archives. So I've got screenshots and proof. So I'm, I'm going to read this word for word. My text message said, quote, since the beginning, I've been taking care of things financially out of love. No complaints. You were having a rough patch. I was giving you time to figure things out. You say I'm throwing it in your face because I've mentioned it four times in the past two years. This is not a role I know how to play, but I did my best. I ran up my credit. I cleared out my savings. Now when it's all gone, so are you. How do you want me to feel? Weeks ago, I'm talking about being excited to take your last name. And after this weekend, I feel like I don't even know who you are. I miss, and I'm not going to say their name. Um, I need the man that told me that we were going to grow old together, but he left. He took his stuff and left. How do you want me to feel? One month later was the last conversation through WhatsApp that I had with this person because they stopped taking my calls. Uh, they stopped all interaction with me, which I am now learning is a pattern that he did with all of the previous women. So it took until February 2020 for me to be able to get back up on my feet to start rebuilding financially because I was devastated. I was in a state of shock. Um, it was like PTSD. I was um, having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. I wasn't eating. I was confused at first. And then when I started learning from women reaching out um, afterwards through social media, that they had also dated him and he had ghosted them. And, you know, that's his pattern. Um, the shock, but then feeling shamed and embarrassed that I believed all of the lies uh, that I was told. And in November of 2020, I had to move homes. And basically, in order to not be triggered by a piece of furniture or an item, I basically trashed everything and started fresh so that I could heal fully. So this is November, 2020. So now two years later, February, 2022, I watch the Tinder swindler and my trauma is re-triggered. So my post on Facebook, which ended up, you know, becoming, I have done radio interviews and I've been in talks with a journalist about exposing this story otherwise, but I wanted to give some context and some details here first for awareness. I want to use this as an opportunity to bring awareness of what to look out for, of if you're 
doubting your intuition, listen to it. If you feel that you should ask questions, ask them. And not just to the other person, but also other people. Because if I had had the courage to ask people who were I was introduced to or connected to through them previously, I may not have gotten to this point where I was frauded and lied to and swindled out of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So this is for the women who are presently going through this situation that feel that they do not have a voice. So because I do, I am bringing awareness and shedding light on the situation because shame breeds secrecy. Silence allows them to continue. I have since spoken to people that I was introduced to through him that he no longer speaks to, getting the missing pieces of the puzzle and uncovering the truth and realizing that we were all lied to, that maybe one person he told me owed him thousands of dollars, he actually owed them or the women that he claims his, you know, got a, gave private loans to his friends. He told his friends, don't worry, I got this. I'll take, I've taken care of it. I've, I've repaid the loan, but then he's blocked those women. So there are women that have not spoken up about their experiences or that are silent about what happened to them and suffering in silence because they think they're the only ones. These people have a pattern. If you watch the Tinder Swindler, They have a pattern. You are not the only one. Some of the people overlap because I'm now discovering the woman's home that he lives in now that has been financially supporting him for the last two, three years. He started grooming her before he moved out of my home. So this is about awareness. This is about understanding how these master manipulators take advantage of people how they swindle not only romantic relationships, but how they lie to family members, by how they lie to friends, and how they get people to cover up their patterns. There is a series of behaviors, the triangulation, the lies, the manipulation. You can Google for yourself all the characteristic traits of someone with narcissistic personality disorder. If you can think of, and I'm challenging you right now, especially if you know a woman that has experienced this, please share it with them so they know they're not alone. But if you can think of a woman that even maybe you think should listen to this episode so that you can save them the emotional heartache, you can save them the financial ruin, you can save them the trauma, you can save them the PTSD, you can save them the devastation that the other women that have experienced this went through. You can save someone's life, not just their bank account with this information. Because learning that previous women that this person has been connected to were not only financially abused, but were also suicidal, breaks my heart. So to all you legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Feel free to rate the show. Uh, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We want to hear what resonated with you. We want to hear what was your aha moment. Maybe you realize that you were swindled. You know, I just want to thank each and every one of you that continue to listen each week to help the show rank globally in the top 1.5 most percent of popular shows in the world. That's out of almost 2.8 million shows. 
Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag myself on Instagram at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs>